It's Tuesday, March 3rd, and today is the first mini episode of A Talk in the Attic. You'll notice in your app that the interview show, Illy the Kid, was in all caps. The title of it was in all caps. You'll also notice that this first mini episode is in lowercase. The interview shows are going to be a little longer, a little heavier, so they're going to have bigger letters. The mini episodes will be a little lighter, a little shorter, a lot shorter, 10 to 15 to 20 minutes. Small shows, small letters. Trying to keep things simple here in the attic. Now that said, what you're about to endure for the next 17 minutes is anything but simple. Let's start the show. Here we are in the attic. And no, I don't mean a literal attic. Well, yes, I mean a literal attic, but perhaps on Tuesdays especially, more importantly, this whole attic thing is really just an allegory for my brain. I'm going to let you in on a secret. It's just my brain. Okay? It's a sophisticated audience. You're probably already arrived there anyway. But it makes you wonder, if you'd really arrived there and you knew it was my brain, why would you volunteer to enter there's a lot of shit going on out there. And just like a real attic, it's spooky. Filled with dusty boxes of old memories and trauma. Things that I never could quite figure out on my own. Things that I'm still wondering about. Stories that I never told anyone. Stories that I told everyone. Stories that no longer resemble what really happened in the first place, but now they're just stories. Attics are scary places. Sometimes you don't even want to look in all the areas up there. What if you find something you don't want to find? You find found a memory of that handsy second cousin or that thirsty uncle or your friend's dad who just never quite got the hint that he's no longer in high school. What if about when you cross boundaries? What about when you were that handsy guy? What do you do, just put those in a box, tape them up, throw them up in the attic, and forget about them? You can. You can. It works for a while, too. But at some point, you got to go up in that attic. You've got to, and you've got to confront all of it, and you've got to clean it out as much as you can. And maybe you guys already all know this, but you're essentially unwitting participants in what is really just catharsis for me, as it turns out. I've decided that I had to let it out. Let it out. Maybe if I let it out, I'll be able to feel a little better about it. Maybe if I let it out, I'll be, I'll be able to quiet my brain a little more occasionally. But woo, is it spooky up here. Hello, 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 hello. Ooh, mouse droppings. Deer droppings. Buffalo droppings. What the? How big is your attic? Sheesh. I'm going to introduce you to some characters up here, too, that tend to rabble-rouse on occasion when I'm feeling antsy. You're going to meet Mr. Nasty. Some of you already have met Mr. Nasty. The lucky ones. The lucky ladies. 
and the unfortunate men who have been forced to compete with Mr. Nasty. Which is okay, except when you're in the fields of nastiness. Where he reigns supreme and always has and most likely always will. That's Mr. Nasty. What's this one? Oh, here's a box that says, <laughs> this should be funny. This box says, sayings that I can no longer use. Here, let's open this up real quick, actually. Oh, and there's a notebook in here. Page 36. How come you can no longer say you're carousing for a barousing to your wife in public? Hmm. That's a shame. You know, no one wants to talk about the downside of the reduction of spousal abuse, or really just physical abuse in general. You can't say things like you're cruising for a bruising anymore. You can't say, your ass is grass and I'm the lawnmower. Interesting. So we got, that's a box that we probably don't necessarily need to spend any more time on on the show. Okay. What's this one? Shit-related memories. Oh, God, I'm just going to skip that one. Gross! This is an entire box called Catechism. Ooh, boy, I'm going to leave that one closed. <laughs> hmm. What else have we got over here? Memories. This cardboard box. It's a little bit wet. A leak in the roof, maybe. Baseball stories. Read in a 1920s accent. What? It was the third inning when Mr. Ross stood up to the plate. He calls his shot to left field and he strikes out. An embarrassing day indeed. Oh, right over here. This is kind of funny. I wonder if it's just coincidence, but it ends up that there's a box full of accents that I'm just not quite confident in. I think I might try this one. I might open this one up. Everyone knew the moment you came in here that was your brother. Now come on, kiss your brother. Maybe we'll check that one out again later. <laughs> Possibly later. Times that I was afraid to tell Jessica that my hip was cramping during sex? I mean, I should just let some of this go, right? How do you do that, though? Some things you just can't let go. If you're anything like me, there's nothing that you can let go. Remember that time that cashier said something to you that kind of made you mad? And so you went out to the parking lot and broke the window and pissed all over the... Right? Right? No, maybe... Sorry, sorry. That was just a joke. But, but seriously, though, there are things that you, you want to forget. And you can't. But then there are things that I think our memories and our brains are good at forgetting. Almost by default... As a mechanism of survival. Everyone's grieved the loss of a close a loved one. It can be a real pain for a while. Like pain. Like if you stubbed your toe on the box of bad accents. But it seems like with time, you can kind of forget about that pain part. And it, it, your mind somehow, almost miraculously, allows you to Remember all the good times, all the non-pain, and forget about all the, the end pain. And so it's through kind of a refiltering, I would say, as, as we recall things, 
I'm no expert. I don't know anything. And by design, I'm not researching shit for this show. So if you're looking for cold, hard facts, beat it. If anybody inside of me has an expertise in anything, it is Mr. Nasty in his firm grasp in aggressive acumen in the dark arts of seduction and all things grimy. And honestly, we will have some experts on here. My guests are going to be experts in something. Everyone's an expert in something. My friend Roger once told me that everybody believes that they're the best in the world at something. Roger claimed that Cunnilingus was his, was his greatest strength that put him above the rest. It's not really representative or indicative of Roger's personality. Don't judge Raj. Mr. Nasty, on the other hand, says two thumbs up. I don't care nothing else about Roger. He's A-OK in my book. First Mr. Nasty shout out in the history of the show. Roger, you are a lucky man. But yeah, so time can help. And that's probably why it seems like at my age, a lot of the people I've interviewed have also been around my age. And we kind of are all coming into a lot of lessons around the same time. And I think we were told this by our parents, right? We were told the whole time. Wait till you're our age. (laughs) Unfathomable at the time. Anyone over 10 was fucking, might as well have been 100. And now here we are, we're that age. Not quite, in my case, some of you probably. We're that age, and holy shit, they were right. And is that because we've, lost, we've learned lessons? Yeah, I think so. I think it's through experiences. But is it also because our brain has figured out what to do with some of the stuff that we don't really want to wrestle with? Some of the things in the corners? I mean... I really wish I didn't have a five by seven foot closet filled with times that I said, my wife. But when in Kazakhstan, do as the Kazakhs do. Yakshamej. But unfortunately, we do, we do make mistakes. We do have things that we wish we didn't do. And I got to tell you, just by coming out and Really, even though I really didn't apologize for my behavior in the first episode, the About the Host episode, I I hope that there's an understanding that I'm contrite about the way that I handled things. And just by showing a little bit of contrition, honestly, this is more powerful than I thought it was going to be. I swear to you, I feel like there's been a burden lifted off of me because maybe it wasn't the actions that were so bad, and I'm not discounting that either. But maybe it's how we treat ourselves about the actions afterwards that really hurts, that really does the damage to us. And I'm sure there's people that know about psychology that are listening to this and are either you know agreeing vigorously, but more likely probably disagreeing or maybe saying, well, even a blind squirrel finds a nut. He's kind of right about this. I don't know. Let me know. But I can tell you from experience that recording a quasi-confession and releasing it to about ultimately about 350 people or 400 people have listened, 
that didn't change how I acted back then. That didn't change my, my negative actions. All it did was change how I was treating them. And the outcome of that has been powerful. I feel lighter. I feel happier. Uh, other, the people that I was concerned, like my parents, about hearing it, reacted well. Well, my dad, I don't know. He doesn't text. He, he claims he texts only on Mondays, but that was just uh, an old wives' tale that he created on that first Monday. I think his phone died and he can't find the charger or something. Either that or he was highly offended by my, I, I, my inability to say that I love you. But, Dad, I do love you. Text a brother about his motherfucking podcast, will you, Dad? But it wasn't, it wasn't. They didn't treat it negatively. It was, I, it was me creating the idea that they were not going to be able to handle my honesty. They've never really given me any reason to think that they weren't going to be able to handle that or that they wouldn't be supportive in that. Yet I created this idea in my head that they wouldn't be able to. Their life experiences haven't been similar enough to mine to, to even relate. But that's not true. You don't think my dad's got a Mr. Nasty? Unfortunately, he does. I hope he's resting more now. My mom's got a, ooh, Miss Nasty. We're all people. We're all on our own path. And we could all benefit from just talking to somebody. You know, is that the reason why Catholicism has confession? It feels good to let it out. It feels good to let other people know, too, that they're not alone. And you would be shocked to know how many messages I receive, texts, Facebook messages, Instagram messages, uh, personal face-to-face comments about, wow, your story resonated with me. I wish I could be that open. And hey, you can be that open. It's not for everybody. And it was only last week that I released, really for the first time, my story to a lot of people. So I was closed off as well. And I don't say closed off in a negative way, but I was guarded as well. If I could encourage you to do anything after this episode, it would be to start to think about who you might be able to trust enough to talk to. Or maybe people that you already do trust. But maybe you haven't given them enough credit in thinking that they won't be able to handle it, kind of like I was doing. And I'm not fucking Tony Robbins here. I'm just talking from experience, a a newfound experience, and I hope you all give it a try. So before we close the chapter of this intro episode to Inside the Attic's mini-episodes, let's peek around a couple more times around this attic here before I let Joe Jenneman's Bring It On Home theme song run in its entirety. What is this? This is just that poster of that kitten hanging from a tree branch that says, hang in there. Well, I mean, I, you know, that's, that is one that you kind of want to keep up there. I'm glad I got that guy. Oh, this one is just says, teamwork makes the dream work, and it's a bunch of guys in suits. Oh, God, that was in my cubicle for five fucking years by mandate. That one's just there. I'm going to try and cover that up with the hang in there. <laughs> All right, I'm going to open up this one, and then I'm going to let you all go and listen to Joe. <clears throat> Let's see what this is here. Let's go over here to jokes that aren't quite ready. 
All right. I'm putting myself out here, guys. This is some of my best material. If you ever see me at an st- open mic. No, that's not true. But these are ones I'm just not quite there yet on. I'm gonna need, I need some way to get over the, the hump. All right, let's start. Last year, 2019, retail giant, and I say giant because it's all in the name, Dress Barn went out of business, filed for bankruptcy. It made national news. When things make the news, I guess I would suspect it would be a surprise to somebody at least. How could anyone be surprised that a female dress store, a clothing store, called the Dress Barn went out of business? What woman wants to go to a store to get a dress for their friend's wedding, for their daughter's wedding, their son's wedding, whatever the case is? Who wants to go buy a dress in a building that's named after an area that animals live? Big, fat, milking cows. You go to the dressing rooms, their stables. Help yourself to some slop and some hay. It's around the corner. What kind of shopping experience is even going on at the dress barn? I don't know. It's close, right? All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the first mini episode. Look for Dave McPeak and Wes Ledesma's podcast. Don't forget the popcorn on the Michigan Podcasting Network. And here's Joe Gentleman, the man from L.A., with Roots in Grand Rapids, with Bring It On Home, a song just for the podcast. Have a good week, everyone. Peace. California and red clay of Georgia. Well, I've been around, you know, but not one place quite like home. So let's bring it on home. Let's bring it on home, baby. 616.